Welcome to another edition of Inside the Economy. I'm Larry House. Thanks for joining me. Buying and selling, a little bit of prices. I know there's a lot of drama going on in the market right now. We'll touch on that a little bit. Sorry you have to deal with it. Nothing interesting in the numbers. CPI numbers are up a little bit. Oil is still in the 90s, even though last week it dropped out of the 90s. Interest rates are creeping up in a little bit in anticipation of where the Fed is going next month. They're going to raise a little bit. Now, consumer buying, great. Numbers look up. They are, in fact, entirely due to price increases. You take the inflation out of the numbers and consumer spending is flat. It has been flat for three or four months, which is fine. It's right time of year. Christmas is early. There's nothing exciting out there. Debt is moving along just fine, moving along with GDP. Everything has crept up a little tiny bit. The thing that's had the most impact is the very politically sensitive student loans. That has crept up a little more, even though some of those are still in abeyance. So total household debts, somewhere around $13 trillion. Interestingly enough, if you look at the weekly deposits in commercial banks, we're right at about $18 trillion. So the consumer debt is not becoming a bubble. Home prices, the prices have stayed up. This is not a bubble. I don't believe for a minute that in the better markets, those prices are going to come down. They'll adjust a little tiny bit, but, but they're up there. And the fact that rents are appreciating a lot is going to support them. It's just inventory is real low. People aren't selling their homes. They aren't doing a lot of exchanging now. That's over because rebuilding a household is very complex right now. You can't just get the dressers and the cabinets and the appliances and everything else that people normally do when they change a new home. So they're waiting. This Bank of Cleveland, they keep track of inflation. There's the conventional CPI up there at about seven and a half and the various iterations down here a little lower. Well, Bank of New York, and in this case, the Bureau of Economic Analysis, the good old BEA, looks at those numbers too. They're very clear that inflation is going to do this. I don't normally use forecasts, but this one, they thought about it a lot. Inflation numbers are easing subtly all over the place. There's still a lot of stuff floating out in the Pacific that got here from China or Vietnam, but the demand which has been driving this inflation is starting to ease a little bit. You run out of something, go to the store, people have been buying six rather than just one. That's demand-driven inflation. On the technical side, yes, the two-year treasury the yield on the two-year treasury has crept way up. It should. The three-month is at about 36 basis points, which is kind of where the Fed is going here in March. So the two-year, which is very indicative of what's going on on the Federal Reserve, has crept up. Prices going down. They're anticipating where that market's going to be when the Fed increases. The Fed will very likely raise a quarter of a point, not a half. It doesn't matter if they do a half. I think the important thing is that by the fourth quarter, they should be at one. They're at zero now. They should be at one by then. There's room in the marketplace for that. There's room in the bond market for that. There are no issues. I'm sorry all the drama in the market right now is making everybody uneasy, but 
don't let it bother you. This is kind of in the bag already. And when inflation numbers start to come back easing, that's going to start here. June, let's call it June. Well, the pundits that say Federal Reserve went too far, they've already started in anticipation of that. The easing inflation in the system is, is no mystery to anybody. Technical side, here's where the 10-year is. It's still in a long-term trend down, meaning it's getting more valuable. People continue to buy them. And all the corrections here in the bond market didn't even bring it back to the mean. It might be up where it has been for a while in a few months. I don't know. It depends on how aggressive the Fed sounds. But if you're looking for drama, you always look for the spread in the yields. And this is the junk bond yield. Uh, yeah, a lot of drama there. When the lights went out due to COVID and before that, but if you look at the spread right now, in anticipation of a Federal Reserve increase, eh, no drama. Federal government had a surplus. They're nice to have. They pop up every now and then. Uh, a lot of the spending is over. A lot of the supporting people that don't have an income is over, so on and so forth. So waiting until Congress agrees on what they ought to spend money on, all the new tax revenue, bam, we're in a surplus. Some comments about, oh, the labor market isn't what it was and we don't have people to fill these kind of jobs, fine. You look at the new arrivals coming in, lawful permanent residents, green card people doing it right. That has turned around. A lot of the clogs in that system have been cleared. We're running about 100,000 a month of people coming in with green cards looking for work. Well, we have it for them. It's going to clear up a lot of the issues in that part of the marketplace by July. There's no wage push. A lot of that is over. And these people are very eager to fill a lot of jobs that are still vacant right now. And this immigration, hugely important, it has always been important to the U.S. I think the political issues around that have been resolved. Quick touch on energy, which usually overreacts dramatically when there's inflation in the system, very inflation sensitive. Uh, the U.S. is technically energy independent. We produce enough now and have for a couple of years to meet our consumption. Well, these are basically 2020 numbers. Uh, consumption is down another million barrels. Uh, production is down another million barrels. There's no hurry to do it. It's very nice that the oil is up where it is. Some of that's in anticipation of the dollar getting stronger. It's also indicative of what's going on in the marketplace. Here are basically most of the OPEC members and if you look at the black, that's basically the price per barrel that a lot of these OPEC members need to even balance their budgets. OPEC and Russia and all those guys, they want oil in the 80s. It's very important. And if you're a U.S. producer, you have no problem with oil in the 80s. You could go completely isolationist and say, oh, we'll just use the oil we produce locally and don't charge anything for it. Eh, no, that's not the way it works. They like high-priced oil too. But their costs and their requirement for high-priced oil is some of the lowest in the world. Even Canada is higher than this. 
That's the driving force for high-priced oil. It's the requirements to balance budgets. I always look at countries that are trying to move out of an economic issue, which we've had. Mexico isn't always at the top of the list, but they are this time. This is hours worked. Yes, they're working very hard. And I've mentioned before, they are becoming much more popular again for manufacturing for the U.S. And they are working hard. Uh, South Korea, they're always working hard. And Russia's on here, and I wouldn't believe that they are, but they're on here anyway. Everybody else, predominantly working. You go down the list, and most of Europe is not working so much. Four-day work weeks are very popular there. And all of their production and all of their activity is down anyway. And I've mentioned in the past, Germany is, is very good at, well, if their production is down or their sales are down, they send people home. Especially if you're from Romania or the Czech Republic or Poland or someplace like that, they just send you to the border, you're gone. Germany has been close to the top of the list here and work a lot of hours when they're real busy. Yeah, they're not busy now. Several months ago, I talked about the price of nitrogen, which is kind of everything when it comes to growing things. Uh, it was really going to go up. Yes, it's really gone up. And it's going up predominantly because Europe was having problems getting natural gas from our friend in Russia. Well, everybody out there has got to pretty much make their own nitrogen. It's kind of a thing. And you can't get natural gas to convert to ammonia to get the nitrogen out of it then prices go up, and that's where we are. U.S. can't fill everybody's need for nitrogen. We're just barely meeting the energy demand for Europe right now by shipping liquefied natural gas across the Atlantic. Too bad it can't come in a pipe, but that's another political issue. This is one of the reasons food is where it is. This will correct itself this time next year. Again, I'm sorry about the drama in the markets. It's going to be that way for a while. Right now, we've got OMG. The Fed is going to ruin us because they're going to go up, make six rate increases, all the rest of that stuff. That's drama to generate trades. And like I mentioned, the people that said the Fed has already gone too far, they've already started, and they're really going to be going by April or May. Don't give it another thought. The markets are fine. The fundamental repricing that's going off in the equity market is where it should be. Uh, thanks for joining me. Any questions, love to deal with them. Send them to info at SHJ Wealth Advisors. And I'll see you next time.